0: All right. Welcome back, fams, for the ones that have been out there listening to us. We appreciate you. Um, and welcome to the new people who are getting into it. Uh, pancakes on Sunday. So um, it's me, Chelsea, and Joe, and Ryan, and, and Corey, the usual fam. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Wow. Yeah. But we have a um, a guest speaker today. Her name is Lauren Sedevi. She's one of my longest, longtime friends. We went to high school together. Then we went to undergrad college, sort of together. Not, We, yeah. ch- we didn't choose to go together.
1: Terriers. Yeah. Hell <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, that's Hiram. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Hiram Terriers. Yep.
1: Hiram College yeah. Terriers. Like yeah. We, like Both the dogs? went to CSU. Yes, as we did. As well. Yeah. Yes. Really. Like the yeah. Oh, the a
2: little dotty? Yeah, the, the terrier.
1: Oh, my God. I had so no idea like, what it was, it was. A fierce mascot. I yeah, don't know it, about that. It looked like the
0: target dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because
3: really those dogs are technically terriers.
0: They are. Bull terriers. Right, right. Mm-hmm. That's what. It, that's what they are. Bull terriers. Yeah. <laughs> And then the and then oh, the Vikings now the
1: Vikings we yeah. got cooler our yeah. mascots got oh, cooler yeah. over
0: time yeah except the high school it. Black Knights that's like the best one best that's that's one of all best okay. one of newberry all Newberry Black Knights oh, yeah the OG. Um, and so a, a couple weeks ago, since I don't know if you listened, I call, I call Lauren Seds too, by the way. So for people out there who need context, um, <laughs> but yeah, Lauren and I went to school together and well, we all technically went to school together, but Lauren yep, and I were yep, in the same yep. grade. We graduated together. Um, essentially, on three separate occasions.
1: Yeah, That's weird. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> what girl? I I just realized that. Like I I said last week when we were talking that I thought you went to CSU, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure yeah. on that.
1: I'm I'm technically wrapping up my master's degree right now.
0: Okay. so yeah. So
1: are you, when do you essentially graduate? So I graduate as soon as I defend my thesis. So I technically walked and they handed me like the book, but I have to defend my thesis and then okay. I'll, I'll have my master's. Okay. So, so defending so. your thesis, what do you mean by that? So, um, for the psychological science master's program, as well as like, I think it's like 32 hours of coursework, Um, You also have to propose a thesis and defend it. And that's kind of like like a capstone project. Sure. So you usually kind of run your own study or you can work off of a pre-existing data set, which is what I had to do because COVID kind of threw Mm -hmm. a wrench into things. So I had to start like three different thesis projects and it it was hard to get participants during COVID. Mm -hmm. So um, my thesis, which I don't know how much I can talk about it because it's not published yet, but it's like under review... Um, we looked at, um, how, like, being isolated during the COVID-19 pandemic, um, affected well-being, Mm. like, subjective health, mental well-being, and undermined Mm -hmm. feelings of hope. Yeah. So I have to, like, look at the data and then present it to, like, a panel of people Mm -hmm. that I've basically brought together to tear it apart, and then I can graduate once they say I've, like, completed, you know, enough of this stuff. Okay. Very cool. Yeah, I love
0: that. You know, I concur
1: uh, as far
0: as how COVID has impacted people. Mental health, uh, I'm a therapist, right? Yeah. so mental health has just, we were all trying to keep our heads above water at some point or another. Still trying to keep our fucking heads above water. Um, So, and how many people have reached out to the agency and surrounding agencies for help. Like, I can't do this. I am stuck. I feel Mm -hmm. stuck. I'm sad, and I don't know why I'm sad. Mm -hmm. It's really incredible. Yeah. So so your thesis, that's kind of why we're here today. (laughs) Uh, That's pretty cool. I'm really excited to talk to you uh, about that today. And with the guys here, you know, we always come up with some good questions and brainstorm, Mm -hmm. and essentially we'll have a good time. So, um... I guess my question, starting question for you Lauren is what what got you to want to do this? Like Ooh. to focus on this thesis.
1: Okay. Um so I guess it all goes back to my undergrad in college, I loved philosophy right? The only problem with philosophy is that there aren't, like, a lot of jobs, right? There's not, like, a philosophy factory being built downtown. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) My first teacher at Hiram,
0: I can't remember his name, but the class I took was What Would Buddha Do? It was a writing, you know, the writing classes you have to take? And he said that. He was like, I love philosophy, but you can't be anything but a professor, so if you don't plan on going for your
1: PhD, don't. Exactly. (laughs) And I think that I mean, at the base, like, everyone kind of loves philosophy, right? Mm -hmm. Because those are, like, the big questions. Mm -hmm. Like, why are we here? What are we doing, right? So I was a neuroscience major, and you had to choose a strain. So I was a a cognitive behavioral philosophy-based neuroscience major. Mm -hmm. um, And I wanted to be. That's a lot. Yeah, I took a lot of psychology classes, and psychology seemed, like, too fun. Like, it seemed like a trap. Like, like this can't be like a real career because it seems so cool. Like, yeah, that's not I gonna know. work. So, I know. Um, <laughs> then I graduated and I like didn't. I wanted to make prosthetic limbs and that didn't work out. Um, so I eventually went back to
2: Hold get Hold on. yeah.
1: <laughs> I told you she was one of the fucking smartest people You wanted people to I know. make prosthetic,
2: like how? Like just like so I carbon watched, fiber? Yeah,
1: I watched this video where they had all of these veterans who had like lost their limbs um, were given prosthetics and something as simple as like being able to grab a glass of water and like give like give themselves a drink or like feed themselves. These people were just like... Being given back this thing that they like, kind of took for granted. They were so happy, like to be yeah. able to do. Like, if you lose your arms, oh, you like yeah. you probably take your arms for granted. I'm sure That's I well, do. Yeah. And then oh, when yeah. you lose them, and, and someone's able to like give them back to you, it was just like Is so the- inspiring. Oh. Yeah, Is that they like, like
2: neuroscience, like getting them to actually like with their brain move. Yeah, well now hands?
1: now they're making it so there's like, I think it's called like double feedback. So before they could attach them, kind of like tear synapses, and you can, like, you know, when you think of closing your hand, it would, like, close the prosthetic, and now I think in some instances they're making it so that there's, like, it's very, like, rudimentary, but, like, feedback back so that when they touch something, like, either hot or cold or, like, sensation of it. Yeah, not, like, like intricate sensations, but, like, oh, this is hard, like, I'm touching something. So could they pick
4: up this can and be like, it's cold?
1: I mean, maybe, in some of them, like... So I wanted to make prosthetic limbs, and then um, 3D printing came along, which was was excellent, right? Mm -hmm. It made them so that they could be, like, cheaper, and, like, anyone with a 3D printer could print them. And especially for children who are, like, outgrowing shoes, like, you can't, you know, afford a prosthetic limb every time your child grows, like, an inch or whatever. So, like, 3D printing came in, and it kind of from my perspective, made it really hard to get a job. Like, I would have had to do, like, years of unpaid internships Mm. to apply for, like, an entry-level job making, like, $15 an hour. And for me, I was like not wanting to live in poverty. Right. Like, that's so amazing, and there are other people doing it, and, you know, now they're more, like, customizable, and they can make it so that people who, like, children who didn't want to wear prosthetic limbs because they were being bullied, they can make them, like pink or look like a superhero arm and then now these kids are kind of like celebrated instead of like being bullied so it's like a really cool thing it's but so cool, and even dude.
2: now like, like you yeah can, they have resin printers not even 3d yeah. printers so you can like <laughs> resin print it it's forms out of a liquid it's like something alien almost really there's a yeah. liquid bath and the, the thing comes down and it prints the layer and it hardens and it just comes out of the Rises out of the water. Huh. That's pretty dope. Nuts. They're pretty neat. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, so, yeah, I didn't do anything with prosthetics. So. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that's cool, okay. Yeah. No, but that's interesting. That's, so that's kind of cool. Um, okay. And then um, I decided I needed to go to grad school. So I just started, like, hounding people. Like, what do you do for a living? Would I like this job? Like, I love people, but I'm very... Like, I, I admire you so much, but I couldn't be a counselor because... Mm-hmm. I take everything home with me and I would just, like, sob. So I needed something more, like, general. So, like, now I work with, like... You know, a a sample size of 600 where I don't know any of those 600 people and I can treat them like numbers. They're like far enough away from me that Mm -hmm. I'm not like, you know, crying at people's (laughs) um, like solo misfortunes because I absolutely would. I'm such a baby. Yeah, (laughs) Um, I cry too sometimes. It's okay. (laughs) It can be hard fucking work.
0: I tell you that. Yeah.
1: Um, Oh, so I was taking a statistics class and my professor told me to find a lab on campus that I liked. And there was one lab, it's called the SPEAR Lab, um, the Social Psychology Existential Attitudes Research Lab um, at CSU. (laughs) Yeah, so like, while all of the, you know, little facets of psychology are amazing, this one dealt with like existential questions, so like philosophy questions, like why are we here, what is it to be human, like religiosity, like why people, Mm -hmm. you know, follow certain politics, like. And right. I read that lab, and I was like, I'm getting in there. Like, yes. I, And so I, like, more or <laughs> less, like, bullied my way in. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that my, my advisor now it's like, a huge deal. And I just, like, kept spam emailing him, like, I want to be in your lab. Like, please let me be in your lab. And he was, like, writing a book at the time and, like, teaching classes. So, like, I didn't realize how big of a deal he was. And I'm like, hey, please let me show you that I can, like be in your lab. And eventually we like had a meeting and I remember walking in and I was like, I am so sorry that I am like <laughs> relentless, <laughs> like bullied my way in here. And, um, he told me that that's like an excellent trait to have in academia. Absolutely. Like you gotta be if you're, it's, yeah, he's like, we need to know if people are going to sink or swim. And someone yeah. who's like, beating doors down to like talk Mm -hmm. to you about like existential psychology he's like you're gonna be fine so now well I guess now I've I've transferred my my role but I was the project manager for his lab for a while um and now I'm up and moving to Arizona to start my doctorate in like a similar lab but that's like where I got my footing Um, oh yeah because wow. I was like, of everything we can mm. study, like, that's those existential questions. Yes. I'm like, that's what I, I I didn't realize that it existed, and mm-hmm. I thought it was like the coolest. I love thing existential ever.
0: psychology. Yeah. Yes, that's probably one of the facets yeah. that I appreciate. Ask
2: it. You're going to have to dumb it down. <laughs> yes, <Yeah. laughs> well, yeah, that's,
1: that's what I'm getting at. Well, okay, okay. What is. Existential. What does that mean? Explain it to me like I'm five. Yeah. I'm hearing words, but right, right. So I would say, um, looking at like existential psychology, people might define it a little bit differently. So I'm gonna tell you what it means to like me or like Mm -hmm. the people um, in my lab. But it's kind of like using psychology to best answer these like philosophical questions, right? So. As humans, we, like, understand the thing that sets us apart from other animals is while we all have, like, survival instincts, like, a mouse running from a cat has this instinct, like, I have to get away and I have to, you know, find safety or I'm going to die. And then humans have different survival instincts, like, our, like, biggest drive seems to be, like, survival above everything else. Like, Mm -hmm. we're kind of, we have those survival instincts. Um, We as humans also understand that like even when we're not in immediate danger we can sit and contemplate and understand that like one day we're going to die right so it's like these like conflict like this conflict that we have to survive and your you know goal every day is to survive but we also have to understand that like none of us are going to make it the entire Mm -hmm. time we're going to die so it's like how can I live my life knowing that, like, my life is going to end. So it's kind of this, yes. like, what is the meaning of life? Like, how do I need to, like, spend my life? Like, what the are my values? Yeah, wow. and it and it differs from, you know, person to person. So, like, yeah. an athlete would be different from, like... A teacher or, mm-hmm. you know, so whatever. And, yeah. I think in addition to that too, Lauren, um, mm-hmm. we have
0: existential crises throughout our lives. Oh, yeah. All the and time. That, <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's why we color our hair, girl. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh. And, and those things, like, essentially, the, like, the number one question is, am I living my best life? Am, I Am I becoming the best version of myself I can be mm-hmm. to reach, like, that self-actualization of who, yeah. we, of who we actually, want like, wanted to be in life. Mm-hmm. But that changes all the time because we're fucking human. Oh, yeah. So who I want to be today probably is a lot different than who I'm going to want to be tomorrow. And so we battle this back and forth in our heads throughout our whole lives. And we have, so existential crises, to kind of break it down a little bit, there's different ones at different ages in life. So for, I I use this the most common with infants. So infants, our existential, uh, like our virtue is trust or mistrust. How we look at the world. So if your caregiver's relationships with you are void or neglectful, then that existential crisis isn't actually... Met. Mm-hmm. Like you don't actually gain trust to trust the world because let's say your parents don't coddle you when you're crying, feed you when you're hungry, change your diaper when you're upset or, or whatever. Um, then our ability to trust the world will be s- impacted starting Damn. in infancy Damn. Yeah.
1: and those attachment styles will follow you for, for the rest life, of your, your entire life, life which forever. is like so crazy yes. yeah, yeah. it's really <laughs> that sad that's why i
3: just like that meme you know with the dog and everything's on fire and he's like I'm okay
0: <laughs> this i just live my life <laughs> <hang> <laughs> in an existential crisis I just never leave I accept <laughs> it for what, it, yeah. Is yeah. Yeah, what just, it is that's what it is yeah
3: that's me honestly <laughs> literally he tells
0: yeah. Me when he gets on the road in the morning, he fucking has the terriblest road rage right in the morning, and I'm like, baby, why do you get so angry? Like we literally just woke up. He's like, well, if I start my day off like this, then I'll be fine later. <laughs> <laughs> but, get, it yeah. off. get it out, yeah. get it out, <laughs> real quick. That makes
1: sense. Get yep. it out now. Yeah, fucking hilarious. Fine. Yeah. Um. So I, I think one of the other things you're like touching on is like so since we understand that we're gonna die eventually we're um battling this they call it like death anxiety Uh and it's not like oh i'm afraid i'm gonna die it's like am i living my life yes the way that to me has value Mm -hmm. and like has fulfillment yeah yeah so 100 percent and that's why when you um like remind people that they're going to die so like mortality salience like making like, your end of, eventually it's going to end salient, it actually impacts, like, your decision making. It makes you cling to those values, like, even harder, which is why during, like, COVID, when it's, like, constant reminders that people around us are, like, dying, or, like, right after 9-11, everyone kind of clings to these values, like, religion or politics, so mm. much harder, and everything becomes more, like, divisive. Yes. And, like, polarizing. And it's it's really sad because those it are is. the times when, like, we I think we should be coming together. But that's just tearing us apart. It's not how the sausage yeah. is made. Yeah. yeah. And I think that has something. <laughs> that's good.
0: Yeah. I, I think it has something to do, too. Like, none of us, like, not all of us have the tools in our toolbox to deal with the different things that happen in our mm-hmm. lives, right? So then you have this huge thing like COVID, it just like I said before we're just keeping our head above water
5: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, and I like how you sort of uh, said that um, during
1: um, sorry I lost my train of thought We'll have to come back to it. I don't know. That makes it. me feel so much better because um, while no one can see me, my go-to in awkward situations is like finger guns. So like... <laughs> 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 no one can see that, but I feel like you'll know when that happens. Yeah.
2: This, I have a question kind of going back. When you yeah. said that you would... You asked people like... like what they what they were to see what you wanted to be like because you you didn't oh yeah i mean you were we we know you're you're the you're the local bartender yeah so i mean <laughs> you you had have heard everything under the sun
1: yeah um that that is a crazy a crazy thing so whenever people hear that you're doing anything with psychology i'm sure you run into this all the time so i'm like As an existential psychologist, I am not a clinical psychologist, so I am not a therapist. I do not know how to help people. I'm Uh not qualified for that. But you can meet a stranger and just say the word psychology, and then people will just divulge all of this information, and you're like, I am not qualified, but also you don't know me at all, Uh and they'll just, like, tell you these like uh, or they'll oh, make oh. jokes like oh like what do i have or they'll just you're, start what, a asking psychiatrist you quick, or something
2: that kind yeah, of psychology yeah. and it's like yeah okay yeah.
1: It's, i think people just so like my my thoughts which might not like don't doesn't reflect all existential psychologists or all labs but i just think at the base like everyone wants to feel existentially connected like they want to feel understood mm-hmm. so like when people face those like traumatic experiences if anyone, like, reaches out an olive branch and is, like, oh, psychology or something similar, I think some people are just, like, drawn to be, like, let me tell you all of this, and then you tell me that, like, I'm okay. It's okay. Yeah, yeah right. like, <laughs> validation. Right, right. That's the number that's one rule in therapy. Yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, essentially, yeah.
1: Because, I mean, like, so there are situations where you think that something is, like, individualistic to you and maybe crazy, and then you hear that other people experience yeah. it like you. So, like... One example I use, um, and I hope that some of you understand what I'm saying, or this is going to sound really crazy. (laughs) Are you ever um, driving in your car and you have like just like a pang or like a split second where it's like you can drive your car right off the road? Or like drive your car into incoming traffic? Yeah. yeah. So. I thought that that was, like, just me. Like, not a suicidal thing. Just, no. like, you could do this. Yes. And so that actually has a name. They called it um, the call to the void. And, like, almost everyone experiences that. But that's not something that people, like, you know, talk, talk about. about. Yeah. like, right. yeah. They're like hey, yeah. by the way. So, like, there's certain things that when you learn that other people are experiencing something so, like, bizarre uh-huh. like you, yeah. you feel existentially connected. Yeah. Like, for a moment... Like people understand how you're experiencing the world, and I think mm-hmm. that that's what people are just searching for. Absolutely, that's what yeah. I do in therapy. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. So and those it's in... so massive. Yeah, right.
0: yeah. You know? The call to the void. That sounds like that's dun dun dun. dun. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like when I, I call them it? intrusive <laughs> thoughts, <Yeah. laughs> but I kind of like that a little better. <laughs> yeah. I I
1: just thought I was like cr- I was like, don't tell anyone. That's like you're gonna get <laughs> yeah, locked up. No. And then someone brought it up in class, and I was like. What's that vine where it's like, ha ha ha, I do that, <laughs> like, yeah. Like for one moment it all makes <laughs> sense. Yeah, like
3: every time I hold a baby, I'm like, I could just drop this baby. <laughs> yeah. and <they're>
1: like, you <laughs> you shouldn't
3: be holding John. John. Yes.
1: <laughs> no. I think that's why memes are like so important because all of those like really weird niche things that you think no one else experiences, and you a see that meme, yeah. and yes. you're yes. like, yes, 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 you feel me. <laughs> yeah, you get I think me. that's like yeah. a weird form of like. Short term <coughs> eye sharing therapy, right? Where you're yes. Like, yes, yes,
0: <laughs> absolutely. I agree 100%. The memes, yeah. Memes, gifts, and videos. Well, yeah. you got to
3: think, especially when it comes to like crisis or trauma or trouble, and, and then you relate it and make it funny and realize coping mechanism, yeah.
5: It's a you realize mechanism. a whole bunch of people <laughs> go through the you same thing. You use humor to hide
3: right, t- how you like, actually feel. You're, <laughs> like, you're oh, dying inside, not. but you're <laughs> that's laughing. <not>.
0: It's
1: okay. <laughs> it's
3: like, no, there's people out there just like you. or yeah. That's been oh, through mm-hmm. the same.
1: Yeah. yeah.
3: Mm.
1: That's the other weird thing is like, so I talk about death and dying in my lab so much that it, I forget that most people don't talk about it. So I'll, like, make a comment in the world, and then people will be like, oh my god, is she okay? Like, is she? And it's like, oh, I'm fine, it's just I'm numb to, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm always having Yeah, crisis,
0: right, so, like, right. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, dude. Yeah. I feel that. So, uh, I guess, what are you here to talk to us about today? Oh. We sort of, we kind of, we're starting yeah, to get yeah. there, but...
1: um. Okay, so to kind of like swing that into like my other job. Um so I am an adjunct instructor. I teach college classes to the currently incarcerated through um a nonprofit in Cleveland called the Lutheran Metropolitan Ministry. Um so to kind of like tie together me being an existential psychologist and then me just like loving teaching and thinking that um this, like, really crazy thought that people in prison are just people, which I didn't think was, like, a crazy thought, but a lot of people, you know, kind of view them as, like, the drugs of society. Mm-hmm. Um, to kind of, like, COVID-19 was, like, awful, right? And there were, like, the stay-at-home orders where everyone's kind of, like, self-quarantined. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people either like on TV, if you see the show like 60 Days In where they take people and they put them in prison or like when people talk about prison, a lot of people will say things like, oh, it's easy or like it's vacation. You just are like doing your time and you don't have to cook and it's just like vacation. You don't have to work and you don't have Mm -hmm. to pay bills. And they kind of like belittle how negative isolation is. And then we look at um, the COVID-19 stay-at-home orders and it's, like, people were quarantined in their own homes, like, with their friends and their cell phone and Netflix and DoorDash and all of this stuff. And then, like, the first week was fun. You, like, made bread and watched Tiger King. Wine with <laughs> the <laughs> wine. Yeah. <after> you. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hammered every yep. day. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Like, for the first week, I was, yes. like, hell yeah. This yeah. is awesome. It's not that um, bad. And then, like, a few weeks in... You know, it was hard. It was isolating and it yeah. was difficult this and hard like people were I'm obviously like celebrities, you know, we're having a hard time. But then there was like all of the different like come together and like Facebook groups and all of these different bridges being made because people were like, I feel so isolated and I need to like find those avenues to like connect with people. And while that was awful, it kind of like opened up the door to have this conversation. Like when people go to prison, it's it's kind of the same thing. Only yes. they, they don't have DoorDash and they don't have, you know, Netflix or mm-hmm. the internet or and a lot of
0: time a support system at all. Right. They have nothing right. outside of those walls.
1: Yeah. And a lot of times when people actually go to jail, I I don't know the statistic, but it's like you don't go to the jail like in your town where you would be like easily, you know, your family are, are easily able to visit you. It's usually right. like hours away. So yeah. you're you're far away. You're kind of mm-hmm. like not, you know, participating in society. You're yeah. completely isolated. So mm-hmm. um
2: So this is like prison like sentences. Like they're not in county jail anymore. When they actually get sentenced and they're in they're they're doing their however many years. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So the they're okay prisons. the actual yeah. prison yeah. 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 And I county mean, jail and prison are very different. Right. Very, very different. It's county jail, you're usually in a pod with a bunch of people and you're kinda hanging out playing card games in prison. They there's demarcation there's just like divide. There's so yeah. much divide in there. There's gangs, there's drugs, there's there's really bad shit that goes on in prison. And they also
1: treat you like you're not a human. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like own it's so society. dehumanizing. Right. And that's yeah. like the, the goal. So like right. Um, I I never thought that I was going to stick with, like, working with prisoners. Mm -hmm. And early on um, in one of my classes, so the, we give a lot of, like, culinary degrees. So on top of me teaching the psychology courses, like IO psychology and social psychology, I teach a front of house course, which kind of goes over, like, the front of house of a restaurant. So, like, they learn all the culinary stuff and how to cook and do that. And then I kind of teach them, like, how you would run a restaurant, like, making schedules or um, doing, like, catering orders. We teach them, like, we spend a day to go over wine pairing and spend a day doing, like, bar stuff and how you would plate things and, like, all of this stuff. Um, In one of them, we just, like, we'll do little activities where we'll, like, fold napkins, like, for a wedding. And it's like, oh, just another skill that you have to put on your resume when you're looking for a job. And I remember having... Um students get really nervous like they weren't gonna be able to do these napkin folds. And I'm like, I promise you, by the end of the day, like everyone is gonna be able to fold this lotus flower. Like I promise we're gonna do it so slow, like step by step, and I'm gonna be here like the entire time. And for me it was just like that's how you teach people, like yeah, you're patient and you help them. And at the end of class, um one of the students came up to me and was just like, I wanna I wanted to thank you for treating me like a human. And I went to my car and I just fucking sobbed because, oh, like, how oh awful are you treated that you thank yes. me for just being like, you, yes. you're you going to do this. Yeah. And so from that point on, I was like, something is, like, not right. Like, the justice system is... Uh-huh. It's fucked. Yeah. It's just how awful yeah, how awful are lion. you being treated? Yeah, because that? that's something like, I the never bare minimum. personally like
3: understood myself about the justice system and especially when it comes to prisons is like there is some programs, right? But there's not many. And that's why I think it's really cool what you're doing because yeah. like You just throw this guy in prison for five or ten years and then he gets out and it's like, all right, you did your job. Oh, yeah. How much did he miss? Did you, like, there has to be some rehabilitation aspect. In the United States,
1: it it seems like in most places there isn't. Like, the focus is not reform um, in most places from what I know. Like I said, I'm I'm definitely new to this, but it's less about reform and it's more of, like, a glorified timeout for adults. And Uh then they get out and they haven't, What's Been given time to grow or learn or, or you know and then they that. end up back in like it's, in the United States it's a revolving door like if you yes. were, if you go to prison you're likely to be back in prison okay, so what's high. the percentage
2: for repeat offenders Like it's
1: really high overall in the United States for our prog- program it's we have a it's called a hundred percent recidivism rate meaning that none of the people that have graduated from our program have entered the prison system again since Fuck. they've graduated I awesome.
0: I know, 100%, I 100%. Yeah. you do not. Not see that? You know, oh, well, they're shit.
1: like I think most because pro- the problem is when people get out. I'm, what do you do? Like, because if you have a record, you are going to have a really hard time getting a job. Yeah, 100%. Um, so a lot of people they kind of return to the crime that they committed to get them in there because it's either that or like. Mm-hmm starve to death yeah or yeah it's like know. my clients it goes I work back with to a that lo-
2: survival right.
1: yes,
0: yeah exactly yeah. working with a lot of criminals myself it's like you know they pitch a fit they're like i did my time why do i have to be there i'm like you want to go back This is what we do. This is what, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's only part of it. But it's about pushing them to get those kinds of resources like LMM has to offer. Go take a class somewhere. Do, like, do whatever you can to build up a resume and uh, and to get back in society. How long has this
4: program
1: been around? Ooh, that is a great question. It's been around for a little while, like a while. Uh, Um, Ten years? I'm just new. Um, I would say LMM has been around for a very long time. So the program I work for is called Chopping for Change, and I think it's been around for about 10 years, but I'm Mm -hmm. not, I'm not, like, it's been, we have a lot of students, um, who have found really amazing jobs and, like...
4: That's pretty good, though. 10 years, 100% completion.
1: Yeah. That's pretty good. So, it's, it's really great. How would
2: one get into this? Like, is there, I mean, can you, obviously you have to be willing to do it. It's more... The well, person you just said itself. It was a
3: vetting process, right?
2: Yeah. So,
1: um, right now we work with one prison. It's a female prison, and we're looking to expand, and then you know eventually, you know, be at a lot of prisons. But they kind of like choose the people based on like how soon they're going to get out, what crimes they committed. Um, they're behavior like there's like an interview process so but, like it is biased we do choose the people that we think are like that want to do it to be yeah helped but yeah wouldn't
4: you want to try and reach out to the majority and just trying to everybody i think
1: eventually that is the goal yeah. it's just like you have to start somewhere um
3: yeah because you would need the personality right exactly uh, yeah i mean
1: the other thing that's just difficult, but if you
3: gave
2: them the option i mean it's like look i mean you're here you're stuck here you did what you did but i mean
3: at least go out to be what
1: yeah. Part of it is flunk. just there's not enough resources. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. And that's like what you're saying. I completely agree with. And I feel that's what more people need to do. That's another thing. Like, you're half like, of these people don't even tell these guys that. They've never even heard that. Right. So,
0: Lauren, um, I, I'm looking on the website, and Ooh, yeah. you and I need to. Fucking exchange cards. Yeah. (laughs) I work with criminals who have (laughs) a hard time finding employment. It's like here. Yeah. So how do they... You said it's a really rigorous process for them to get into the program, but how would I get them connected to even doing that?
1: So um, I would give you the card to the person that that gets people in. So we teach um, the currently incarcerated, and then we also have a group of people that are like in the general population. So they're either... um, Like, they were recently incarcerated or maybe um, got out of, like, rehab or, you know, single mothers, people in extreme poverty, um, like, veterans. Just our, like, group of people that we aim to help is, like, they're called, like, the lost, forgotten, and neglected. It's, like, the people that maybe fell through the cracks Mm -hmm. of other social programs. Um, That's who we aim to help.
0: Okay. And is there any,
1: like restrictions like what it, like Ooh, as far as sex offenders go I don't think so because okay. I definitely have had students that okay were sure yeah sure. okay very
0: good that would be awesome we, yeah. we do need an exchange yeah that would kind of be bad
3: if there was <laughs>
1: <laughs> right yeah. but yeah. I
0: mean sex offenders though there's just such a stigma about them yeah that there, there is, is so I can understand so that. many people turn them down there, yeah and okay. turn there's them just away.
1: yeah there's just such a stigma in general like not 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 Outing anyone in the world, but like most people, I would say, have broken the law at one point or another. Mm-hmm. Have drank too much and driven, or yep. you know, have bro- jaywalked. I don't know, yeah. done something like if you look inside your soul and think, Did I have I followed every law? In like most people uh, have no. not. <laughs> <Always says that. laughs> <laughs> We're just very lucky, lucky, you know, that we weren't in the wrong place at the wrong time, right. or even exactly. if you look at, you know the choices someone was faced with Uh Mm -hmm. and you you think like if I was in that position Mm -hmm. um what choice would I make and I don't know people are just so hard on people who end up in jail and it's Mm -hmm. like if you meet them like they're just people like there are bad people you know and there are Mm -hmm. bad people in jail I'm not saying that everyone in jail is you know an innocent you know five (laughs) gold star person but most most of them are yeah yeah. yeah, they're decent,
0: and if they and if they're not good now, they have a possibility of getting better. Oh and yeah, we need to make them. We we have to give them a chance to do that. Yeah, and
1: we. A lot of people just will rate people based off of like maybe one decision they made. Yeah, you know oh, that yeah. exactly blackout what drunk it and is. did something, and now they it's, have a record right. that will follow them for the rest of their life. Exactly. And it's like the guy in Maine you were telling the yes. story about. Yeah. yeah. Um. So one of the people that we kind of talk about. Um, that I think kind of inspired the the program a little bit um, was 18 years old in Maine walking with um, his girlfriend and I'm pretty sure this is also on the website if someone like wanted to look up the specifics he was walking with his girlfriend and someone came and like pushed his girlfriend like into the street and so he turned and reacted in I would say a this is a decent reaction and he just popped the dude in the nose, like punched him. You just pushed a woman into the street um, and his nose broke. And in Maine, if a bone breaks, it's an automatic felony under an attempt to maim. Wow. So even at like fast forward, um, you know, that guy did his time. I think he was in for like six months and it like wasn't. I don't want to say it wasn't a big deal because it was a big deal because now he's a felon. But like. At 40, he was having a hard time finding a job because on job applications, when they ask if you have a criminal record, some people see that you checked yes. And it doesn't matter if you, you know, raped a child or punched a dude in the nose, like, you're of the same cloth. Like, yep. you're a, a felon, so you're bad. Like, yep. felons mm-hmm. are bad. Yep. Um, so he was having problems getting mm-hmm. a job. So, like, I think part of our goal is to, to, kind of shed light on this stigma and show that not everyone in jail is bad, right? Because mm-hmm. the United States has an disproportional size of criminals. Like of all of the criminals, people in jail of the entire world, the United States holds one fifth of all incarcerated people. And it's not because people in America are, you know, Terrible way worse than yeah. other countries. It's right. just our justice system I think is is misguided and it doesn't focus on reform it's a little, and it's a people little wack. yeah yeah
0: it's a little yeah.
2: Little wack. yeah and then they it just
3: takes up. a long yeah, time what's the point it's of like... a sentence if like you know you throw somebody in prison for 10 15 years that might as well be a death sentence if you're not going to help him while he's in there right right yeah because he gets out, the world has changed so much. Look like how everything goes. He can't find a job anywhere. It's like, it doesn't end. All because of that one mistake. Right, Even if you right. wanted to change it.
0: Yeah. Like, I, had a, I had a client a couple of weeks be. ago that I did an evaluation on. It's a um, mental health and drug and alcohol evaluation. So, co-occurring. I was assessing for any mental illness or substance abuse disorders with this cat. And he's in the federal system. Not, I'm not going to say what he did, but... He's in pre-trial phases, so he hasn't been tra- he hasn't been convicted, and his sentencing is in about a month. Um, but he's looking at like three to five years or something like that. Mm-hmm. This kid is a product of the system, literally. Oh yeah. When I was interviewing him, I asked him. I said, Did, "Have you ever received any sort of treatment? Do you know what this is like as far as sitting in?" Uh, an assessment, like a mental health assessment. Do you know what this looks like? He's like, no. And then when I was asking for any mental health history, you know, he was expressing to me all this stuff, and I was like, have you ever received treatment? And he said no. I'm like, what the fuck? Mm. It's a lot. So he, for the Mm. better half, he got arrested probably as a juvenile for the first Mm -hmm. time, probably 15, 16 years old. And then, uh, literally, he's almost in his 40s now, and he... He's been in in and out of jail for the last 15 years of his life. Yeah. And it's like, what the fuck? Because
1: they don't give you the tools to, like, be like, when you get out, this is what, you know.
0: Yeah, so they go right back to uh doing the thing that they did before. Yeah. Essentially selling drugs, prostituting yourself.
1: Yeah. Anything. You, anything yeah. that they
0: you just
4: knew the way That's you knew way you that knew. was your
1: lifestyle. Right, and right. then you also meet people in jail yeah. that tell you, like this is how you can get out, or you yeah. can make money like this, mm-hmm. or I can help you this way. And they just yeah, yeah. It's I ridiculous. think it's like the number one predictor is like socioeconomic status. Like like yes. whatever you're born into, like in in a lot of you know psychology studies, like that impacts the rest of your life because like if you have enough food if you get enough sleep your access to education Mm -hmm. like you're kind of just like it's like the lottery like you're born into the lottery yeah and like even being born into an america is like you know winning the lottery but we that doesn't mean we don't have massive problems Mm -hmm. that you know need addressed yeah
0: yeah, absolutely. I would completely agree with that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh,
1: 100%. That's what I'm saying. There honestly yeah. just
3: needs to be more programs everywhere. I mean, prisons, you know, poverty areas. I mean, there's only so much you could do, but just so many people need help. Are you the only program in the country, or is there other programs? No, no, like there's that?
1: definitely other programs. Okay. Um, yeah.
4: But it just needs to get bigger and wider. And,
1: yeah, I think yeah. it's just like... It's one of those things like you need to start local and then expand the best you can. And I think one of the biggest problems, it's not even that people don't want to help. It's just that a lot of people don't know what needs help, right? Mm-hmm. Like and a lot of people don't realize that there's... Huge problems with the justice system because you just you, you don't want to go to jail and you don't go to jail and you don't really have to worry about you that fuck and it with wouldn't it. It yeah fuck with you it wouldn't be until you get into jail that I mean, you're like wow a media, this
3: why does the is... media talk about this
1: <laughs> yeah, right. this is shady. <laughs> and then by that time it's like of course people who are in jail are going to advocate for changes but.
4: But nobody's going to listen to them because they're
1: in jail. Well, that's the thing. Like,
0: for you and me, Lauren, we're getting a taste of it working with these people. Right. right. It's like, I I was running a, I run a drug and alcohol and mental health group uh, with my co-facilitators. I work with another, Chelsea. Um, Um, Yeah, it's pretty cool. And we, essentially, on Wednesday, we were talking about their their trauma and their, their prison experiences. And some of the shit that they were talking about, the things that they see. Like, people, people die. All the time oh, in prison, yeah. mm-hmm. and and nobody snitches or else you're dead. So it just is spiral or like a revolving door mm-hmm. with how things happen in there. And not only, essentially, they, what one of them said, it's like they're breaking you down to build you back up to the. Oh way yeah, they
1: yeah they you dehumanize you and they yes. just
0: yeah yeah and coming out and 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 having to function around the people in the world, your ability to trust the world is. Gonna be I'm gone. I am gone. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So paranoid. I, I had a client say that you know if somebody stands too close to me, if I like flip my like swing my arms out and you are in that, you are way too close to me. And he yeah. said he'll, he at the grocery store, if somebody's too close to him. He will turn around and say, "Can you back up? You're too close to me." And it's like I couldn't imagine living in a world where I was yeah. paranoid yeah. like that. That is so
1: so well, I mean, sad. Also, if you think about it, like for years like, your entire day, you don't make any real decisions. Like, they tell you when to wake up, they tell you when you eat, they tell you when to clean up, you listen to everyone every day for years. Yes. And I'm sure you get, like, you know, time that you could kind of do stuff to yourself, but then it's like, okay, you take that, and then we just kick you out into the world, good luck. And it's like, okay, I haven't made a decision for myself in, like, a while, and now I'm just, like, on my own, Mm -hmm. and that's, I, yeah. I've never experienced it, but I can imagine that would just be so hard. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, kind of connecting to this COVID thing, like, what sparked this idea in the first place. We couldn't really make choices. Yeah. We couldn't. We couldn't go around family or mm-hmm. else we were breaking the law. Yeah. We couldn't have rooms bigger or people. And I know the different. There's a lot of difference here. That's basic need stuff. This is things we can essentially want. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We couldn't go around family. We couldn't do a lot of things. Yeah. Um. But... Like you said, teaching them or, or telling them what to do twenty four seven for x yeah. amount of time, my ability to make a free choice would totally be gone,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Or think that I had the ability to make yeah. a choice.
1: Yeah. So, so one of the things that I would personally like to do is use this um, like existential psychology lens to kind of help like gather information to like better that system. So, like one of the great things about existential psychology is I think that most everyone knows what i'm talking about they might not just know like the vocab or like the terminology that i would use so like one thing that i spend a lot of time like reading and like working with is called existential isolation so that's different than loneliness and it's different than being like socially isolated Um, existential isolation is feeling alone in your subjectivity. So you feel alone in the way you experience the world. Mm -hmm. So you kind of feel like sometimes maybe like the black sheep or you're like not cut from the same cloth or like you're at Thanksgiving dinner and one of your like crazy uncles says something and you're like, what on in the world? Like Mm -hmm. I do not see the world like that. Like there must be something, you know? Yeah opposite of like birds of a feather where like I'm just alone in how I'm experiencing these things and um, the thing about existential psychology is that it's very new so there's definitely more questions than there are answers but we're trying to find if that feeling, which would be different from loneliness, which would be, like, you want more people to be around you and there just aren't, because um, you can feel existentially isolated being surrounded by people. They just don't understand you. So yes. it's, like, different than loneliness. Yeah. Um, we're seeing how that actually impacts things like subjective health and mental health and, like, feelings of hope. And so, like, if we can figure that out and kind of also use that in, like, a clinical... Um, sense So there are some people who are using an existential psychology lens in a, in a clinical fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, looking at, like, phobias and how all of this kind of goes back to that death anxiety and, like, how we're afraid of, mm-hmm. um, you know, if we're living an authentic life and, like, what our meaning of life is. I would like to figure out what we can do to, like, better help people feel existentially connected while they're in jail so that yes. we can kind of, like bolster these feelings of hope mm-hmm. and like help their mental well-being and help their subjective health so that when they get out there they have like all of the stuff that they need to be a full human
0: <laughs> yeah yeah beyond just getting a yeah. job beyond just yeah. you know getting the th- meeting your basic needs yeah it's about yeah the the connection between people mm-hmm. and that's what i teach my clients all the time is that we're social humans we're social beings and our 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 desire to feel connected to one another is super important. So, if you don't, if you feel alone, why? Why do you feel alone? Right. Is it because you're lonely? Like you said, there's a difference. Or is it because the people that you surround yourself with just don't get you? Yeah. Because there's a huge difference in that. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. So. As far as your research goes, how are you? How are you researching that? Like, what is your plan? Ooh, that's a great question. That is a really great question. <laughs> uh,
1: so, right now, um, I'm working with a group of people on this project. I like don't know what I'm allowed to say and what I'm not allowed to say. So, the paper right now that we're working on is called "The Morgue the Merrier," where we measure. Um, their existential isolation during the stay-at-home orders. So it's all people that, you know, weren't in jail, just people that were, you know, forced to stay home. And we measure that. And then we also had them take, like, a mental health questionnaire, um, a subjective health questionnaire, which is kind of interesting because it's not just, like, measuring someone's health. It's, like, their, how they feel. Like, Mm -hmm. so, like, what their view of their health is, which is sometimes important. Um, And then, like, how hopeful they are for the future. And... We have some of the data for that, but it's not published yet. Um, I would like to kind of translate that directly into, like, looking at the currently incarcerated. So the goal would be to eventually assess existential isolation um, of people who are currently incarcerated. I imagine it would be high. I can't imagine, like, Mm
5: -hmm.
1: you know being in jail and feeling like you're well understood and part of Mm -hmm. society um and then kind of i guess going from there or even just maybe starting with how people view people that are currently incarcerated um and kind of like maybe starting there as well but the the problem is is that Uh, I've chosen like the worst population because it's really hard to get access to prisoners prisoners because they are protected, which is great because otherwise, you know, people could just go in and, you know, Mm -hmm. do whatever studies. But it's like children, where since they are not their own, like they don't have their own rights, they need the prison to sign off on what they can and cannot do. So it's definitely going to be difficult. Um, Sounds
3: like it's going to have to be a vice episode.
0: Could
1: you? Do,
3: does it
0: have to be like? I, I guess to get the rawest um, results that you want, it would be people in prison. What about people who are no longer in prison? That's but are a just good released? idea.
1: Um, so that's a place that we can start. Mm-hmm. Um, I just haven't, I haven't gotten that far yet. Okay. I need to move Very to cool. Arizona first. I yeah, promise. you sure do. <laughs> you sure um, do. I mean, people have definitely done studies on people while they are in jail. Like, so sure. like IRBs have, yes. you know, it's just, Proofed. it's just not as easy as, you yeah. know, paying M Turk for data. Like yeah. you can't just post this link on Facebook and, you know, have people fill it out. Um, it's definitely difficult. I always find myself biting off like way more than I can chew. I'm always like, if I'm gonna do it, like I'm gonna do the
5: all the fucking way. <laughs> yeah. What's yes. the
1: hardest way? Yeah. 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 Uh, so I kind of wanted to. This is kind of along
0: the same lines, but it's the Erik Erikson stages of development that I was talking about earlier, in regards to the existential questions about how, like, like are we living our best life? Are we mm. meeting all of those? Keep going. going. Are we meeting all of those stages of development and and meeting what we need out of life? So, Joe, I'll give you another example, okay? So, in young adulthood, between 19 to 40 years old, this is what... out there eric Erikson's stages of development is up for interpretation there's a lot of different kinds of theories out there um and age age ranges are are, are uh varied depending on what source yeah. you're looking at so just to let people kind of i think context. people don't
1: realize that like psychology in general is still kind of like in its stages of infancy oh like yes. compared to like hard sciences yes. like people think same with neuroscience people think mm-hmm. we like there are some people who know all of this, yeah. and it's like, we're all just trying our best. Yeah, trying, yeah. like, So yeah. <laughs> none of it's like a for sure thing to yes. everything with kind of a grain of salt, but this is like our best guess right now. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> like,
0: when I'm helping a client, I'm like, hmm, and then I say what I say, it's like, but that could change tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. you know, this is how But you will never I know feel.
2: what is right. Like, there is no, like, what is the... That is the defined,
3: definitive answer. Because some
2: science you can say, like... Yeah. Correct. You do yeah. this,
3: and you get this. Well, a lot of yeah. it is
1: theory. Oh, so, neuro and psychology, right. I
3: don't think there could be a possible way to say that. I mean, yeah. I feel
1: like... <sighs> Like if you were given infinite time and infinite resources and just
3: you think you could map it, off. I
1: think you could. But it w- I mean, I don't think us as humans are able to. Yeah, like do it would that. obviously right. be like, a giant spectrum. Yeah. I don't think it's just. I don't think it's just random. Like no. I think it's yeah. it's just so like what is it? Chaos is just patterns we haven't recognized uh-huh. yet. Like yes. like if you take a thousand bouncy balls and let them go in a room, like that's chaos, but. You can look at each one and know exactly where it was dropped, and you would be able to, yes. you know, over time map and look at everything. I think that that's kind of what psychology is. It's just mm-hmm. we don't ha- we don't have those tools or time yeah. or like everything right. yet. We're just trying our best. Absolutely. Well, and and in how I see things,
0: how I see things in that regard is that life is about perspective too, mm-hmm. and all, all brains are different. So my, you know, how we see life and how we experience it and what we do with that. Is different between all of us, right? The different neurotransmitters, the amount of chemicals in our brain is mm-hmm. different. There's no, there's no essential across-the-board baseline. And you can add chemicals. Yeah. Take them away, <laughs> and then there's and also drugs. I think, and,
3: and then also, I think it's a huge point in psychology. It's really hard, especially when you're doing like human studies, because not everybody knows even how to say what they feel or yeah right yeah so there's so much convolutedness Mm -hmm. i feel in that 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 makes the studies like that much harder yes
1: and then the other thing is people who like spend all of this time spend all of these resources and get this data and you know find their conclusions and then you present that data to some people and some people are just like Nah, like, I, <laughs> <laughs> like in general, like, I'll get into <laughs> arguments with people, and I'll be like, bring into the table, you know, full data sets and they'll be like, Well, my neighbor who, you know, <laughs> right, right. toothless oh. you know, toothless <laughs> Greg who didn't graduate high school, like he said this and it's like, okay you know it's <laughs> just oh, sometimes yeah. even if you have yeah. the answers, some people just don't want don't want those answers. No. Yeah, and that's like a totally different fight. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, those that. are the people
3: that said if you're Man, I can't remember exactly, but like when you go to have those conversations with people the people that are not choosing to basically have a debate and Uh it's just straight based off, like, your religion or the way you grew up, it's not even worth having the conversation because there's no way they can see the other side because they haven't let that go. So Mm -hmm. an
1: existential psychologist would say that, like, even especially now because of COVID, because we're constantly reminded, you know, that everyone's going to die and our lives are going to end and blah, 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 blah. Um, We find that people in those situations aren't really open to new ideas they like double down on their cultural values so like if they were religious they double down they're more religious yeah. like they, right. they cling to yeah. those ideals tighter <laughs> yes. when they're being because threatened. that's their
3: survival mechanism yeah. yeah that's what's made it this far for them that's why, why would they not yeah that's why the now. world is
1: like so polarizing now it's like less even about like the issues and it's more like are you my in-group or my out-group? And mm-hmm. if you're my out-group, then we just don't get along. Yeah. And it's, like, so so yeah. disheartening. It is. It's
3: crazy to me because I'm definitely more the type of person where I like being uncomfortable. Like, yeah. when I feel uncomfortable, I'm uncomfortable, but I'm like, you're growing. I can figure this out. I can understand. I can. Yeah. I like being put in those
0: elements. Well, yeah, but you have the tools to process that. Right. Some people don't. Exactly. When I'm uncomfortable, like if I have anxiety, it's like I know what to do when I have anxiety. Yeah. Don't drink caffeine. Probably a bad idea. Um, you know, make sure I get a good night's sleep. Watch what mm-hmm. I'm eating throughout the day. And process, like, how that is impacting me. Deep breathing skills. Go work out. Do something people do not have that they're literally in that fight or flight mode all the time Mm -hmm. where it's like i need to survive and that's all they focus on they're not even thinking about what's going on internally for them it's survival or the
1: number one like another thing you can think about is a lot of people like just looking at facebook people will put themselves into a bubble like if you post something that they disagree with they'll just unfriend you until their friends (laughs) list consists of like
5: Facebook, Everyone that's an
1: yeah. echo chamber. Right. And yes. then it's even harder to get to those people because they now think oh, that yeah. they're like
3: self-aware so prophecy. and prophecy. Yes. And with Facebook's algorithm. That's exactly what yes. it does. Like if I like, you know, not to bring politics yes. into it, but say I like like 10 Trump things, that's all that's going to be on my Boom. team. Yeah. That's all I'm going to see. <laughs> Like
1: you
0: don't get to see that, <laughs> that perspective. Yeah, My that's why I, I know. I just I love, love existential love psychology. I can sit like, around and talk about this. shit. Yeah, hard. that's what I do. Days. I didn't
1: think it was a real job, days. and now that it is, I'm like just going all in. Girl, I'm like, yeah. Now, I like you to know it's a real
0: job, and I'm highly
2: interested. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you're going yeah. to Arizona, and you're going to work in a prison doing this what's the not
1: no i'm actually well i don't have a job in a prison yet so i'm starting a doctorate program at the university of arizona under dr daniel sullivan and he's just a phenomenal like genius man and his the people that are in his lab now are just phenomenal like everyone i've met that is in this field is just like so amazing and smart and great um i would like to work in a prison and kind of fuse these ideas together but i've not yeah
0: so you had posted on snapchat a while ago getting accepted into this program oh yeah and i want you to share because i am so proud of you like i'm like holy fuck girl you get it so what is Um, it that how did you get there yeah
1: so applying to doctorate programs is not for the faint of heart um You do not need a master's degree to do it, but a lot of times it helps. So instead of applying, like, for a college, when you choose, like, a college, and you're like, oh, I'm going to go to, you know, the university of whatever, you instead have to find an advisor, and that's, like, the person that you're going to spend all of your time with, and they're going to teach you how to be, you know, whatever you are. And this is probably what I'm saying is geared more towards psychology doctorates, not every doctorate. So you have to, like... Send emails out to people who are doing research similar to you and basically be like, please let me be the one person you want to work with for the next, like, five Mentoring. years. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. most most doctors, um, they choose, like, two or three students at a time. And you choose, like, one every couple years. So I applied to, uh, I think, seven schools. Um, And it's, like, not even applying to the school. It's, like, you have to email that advisor, and then you have to go through, like, a really rigorous application process where you need letters of recommendation, you have to write essays, you have to fill out questionnaires, you need your, like, GPA, all of your stuff. And then um, of the hundreds of applications that each one gets, they'll choose a couple to interview. Um, So I think when I went to, like, the interview process... At the University of Arizona, the woman in the in the intro said that hundreds of people had applied, and they invited, like, 19 of us to actually interview. So um, you
3: got it out of 100. That's awesome. Yeah,
1: I don't know how many people specifically applied to this lab, but, like, out of the applications, they brought three of us in. And, like, the other two people that I talked to were also just, like, phenomenal, amazing people. Wow. And then... um they picked me, which is so exciting because, like, no, my advisor impressive. is so cool. Like, I... <laughs> he's the coolest person. Oh, yeah. Um And one thing that he does that, that not everyone in psychology does, which is kind of, like, what drew me to him. Um, now I feel like I'm just, like, fangirling about my advisor. <laughs> um, but he... Like, usually there's, like, this cookie-cutter method of, like, you have an idea, and you come up with, like, a questionnaire or, like, a study, and then you kind of, like run it and then look Mm. at the data. He, a lot of times, will, like, think outside the box and he'll just, like, something crazy will happen and he'll, like, go there and just start, like, asking questions. And he's, like, really big into qualitative data, yeah, which is really hard because it's hard to put these things in boxes and then show Mm -hmm. them to people on a graph, you know what I mean? So it's definitely, like, he doesn't look at things and is like, oh, is this publishable and is Uh this the easiest way to do it? I think he's more of, like... I want to see if I what can... What is the an answer. answer? Yeah, yes, let's I do answer it. Let's, yeah, like that's really <laughs> yeah. cool to like go there and yeah. just
3: like get so, like, grimy and just get into it. Let's the do difference it. between
0: qualitative and quantitative. So quantitative data have numbers. There's okay. correlative numbers where you yeah. can look at a graph and see numbers. So... As humans, those are the patterns we seek.
1: Yeah. If I'm like, how sad are you on a scale of one to ten?
0: Yeah. Okay. Right. And then I, we have that number. Yes. Okay. And, and so we can look at that across the board and essentially get an average. And, yeah. And that those are def- those are definite. Not definite numbers, but probable numbers. Yeah. And then we have qualitative data, which is essentially these existential questions that we want answers to. So, like positive psychology would be a, a good qualitative like study to, yeah. to find out different different words and how to describe. So, for example, resilience. Right. Resilience is a part of positive psychology where we're able to look at. Um, uh, so resilience is essentially our ability to bounce back in hard in times of hardship. that's not a number. We can't look at a number. Like we can't, that's not a number. That's how we describe something that we experience in life.
1: Or or like if I asked you like, please describe a traumatic experience that made you sad. Mm -hmm. That is not a number. Like that would be like someone would have to sit and read through what you wrote down and then kind of like, take that data and like to measure it numbers. like you can like kind <laughs> yeah. of code huh. things to yeah. be like oh they said that they were you know suicidal or you know mm-hmm. different things they can flag and be like oh we can mark this yes. as data but it's just it's time consuming it and is. it's hard yeah. and well and a lot of qualitative data
0: too it's like we were just talking about how people don't know how to actually express themselves. So how do we get the data if we can't get something that's super accurate? Mm -hmm. But you know, again, trauma's perspective. And I've, I've asked clients, have you ever experienced any trauma? And they'll say no. And then I'll be working with them for months, you know, after the evaluation process. And they start telling me about this time where they went to a neighbor's house and their uncle touched them. And it's like, that's trauma my dude like what the (laughs) fuck they just totally push that under the rug and and they you know man especially pull yourself up by your bootstraps my dude you got this and i think i read somewhere
1: that um a lot of people try to write off their trauma because they know other people had it worse that's exactly so they're like mine Mm -hmm. wasn't bad because i know people have it worse yes or like same with like if someone says... Like, if I say, I'm tired, and then someone else is like, well, I only had two hours of sleep, mm-hmm. that's... Okay, you are... You are also tired, yeah. but that doesn't make me any less tired. Like, right. Just Just because <laughs> right, right. other people experience maybe worse mm-hmm. quote unquote worse trauma doesn't mean that your trauma isn't valid and right like, yeah you need help yeah yes. and right.
0: that's the way we look at the world is black and white yeah it's terrible this black and white thinking that just because my experience isn't the same as yours that it's worse or better or not as worse or it's whatever but it's all trauma it's gray it's mm-hmm. not black and white and so we need to shift how we you know our belief system about the world and how we how we see things
1: yeah I want to check on everybody. (laughs) Like,
4: there's a lot of some (laughs) of this is
1: really heavy. I feel like there's a lot of big words being
4: thrown around that I don't know what they mean. Oh, I just mean like
1: when I first got into this, there would just be times where I'm like. I just want to lay in the rain and just, like, <laughs> decompress. Oh, so I yeah. guess I just want to check yeah. on everyone else. Yeah, it, yeah, Like it will it, be mean, good. We're, yeah, we're good. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of information
4: being thrown around. Mm-hmm. Just trying to yeah. suck
5: it all <laughs> in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like that, that little Asian kid that's, like, putting the, oh, yeah. the, the knowledge into his brain, like, yeah. through, like, yeah. telepathy or whatever you would call that. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah.
1: I know, I know in our field, um, there are like a couple books that everyone reads and they're like real heavy. Yeah. Like, and it's, you know, meaning of life and why are we here and, you know, everyone dies and like all of this stuff. And I know that we kind of will go through like ups and downs where you'll see someone, you'll be like, are you, are, are you good? And, mm-hmm. you know, they'll check on us and I'll be like, I just read, you know, Ernest Becker's denial of death this week and people are like yeah <laughs> like you need to bounce back yeah. so it's like, I know other people will have like an existential crisis like I just turned 30 so it's like a whole new world of existential wild crisis <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: it's a wild ride yeah. I'll be 30 I-, I just turned 30 in October there too you go. so Boom. And, then like I got, and then new new I got married <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was a fucking wild ride last year yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah. And your papa got sick. That mm. was well, that was wild. You did wild. A mm. bunch of existential crises. Yeah. But
2: you never. But <laughs> at the same, okay. So that, what's the what's the thing about death that you read about? What's the the gist? Oh, I guess because I mean that's a that's a story. You read a book, but how do we know what's right? Like what Ooh, is right? I don't right? think
1: we ever will. Like. No, what's What's right. right. So, like, each person, like, you'll have stuff that you value and stuff that, um, okay. So, I guess in my mind, existentialism, like, is kind of how each of us deal with our own death anxiety, right? So, a lot of times people will reach out to, you know, hang on to their social values and, like, cultural values, but humans are also driven. We're driven towards immortality, either, like, literally immortality, like, which you can find in religion, because if you follow a certain religion, almost every religion, you know, there's a place you go when you leave this plane of existence, so you will continue on. Um, Or humans strive for something called symbolic immortality, which means that even when you pass on, like, part of you will stick around, so that's why people write books it's why people have children and raise their children to you know have the same values that they have it's why people build giant gold towers with their name on it like people are kind of striving to like be a part of something bigger that will be around when they leave this earth and that's Mm -hmm. why you have these different constructs like different societies and like you know, religion and politics and, you know, clubs, and that's why I think we make awards for people because, like, we all want to have something so that we know when we die we're not going to be, like, forgotten. Totally gone. Yeah, because you have, like, your death when you die as a human, like, and your body decomposes, and then there's, like, when not a single person on the planet ever knows that you exist or could ever stumble upon, like, your existence ever again, right? And Mm -hmm. that's, like... That's heavy stuff. It is. So, <laughs> like why though?
0: It's so God, so death anxiety is so much more than just fear of dying. It's right, literally right. a conceptualization of making sure we leave something behind when we Correct. do. Correct. Yeah. Damn. And I mean, huh. if you
1: think about it, I mean, humans have been doing it for ever Forever, like you yeah. build giant you know massive stone structures or you write mm-hmm. on cave walls or um the egyptians were obsessed with death that's why you have giant like pyramids and they were trying to like fight it by um you know m- the mummification process and they would they would pack their like pharaohs and stuff with you know food and and books and like riches so that they had it for the afterlife like i think humans just kind of try to soothe that death anxiety by like making sure that they are not completely gone yeah it's like making your mark yeah Yeah. exactly wow yeah and i think everyone does it differently like some people want kids some people want a career um yeah yeah
3: yeah because i think that's what it is for me with the kid thing for sure because it's like i don't feel that way now Necessarily, but I want a kid really bad. And when I have a kid, like, yeah, that is it for me for sure. Like,
5: mm-hmm.
3: like that's you know part of me moving on. You know, I don't yeah. feel like I would need to build a statue or like any of that right, stuff. Right, right. Death anxiety. What hmm. is it? A kid? Is it? Do they? Is it
2: an extension of them, or is it like carrying the name? So, is are they attaching something to it then at that point? Because
1: um, I think it would be just like. Like, we want our bloodline to continue, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's kind of this anxiety of it's, like, if the, you know, if the Cetibes die out. Like, but to that me, I'm... Nice I, I, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know, I think, I don't think all of it is conscious. I think it's, like, a lot of it is subconscious. Yeah. Like, we just... I mean, to think that you're going to die and everyone's going to forget about you and no one ever knew that you were ever here, like, that sounds so, so essentially like really <laughs> scary. <laughs> we're trying to explain why we do the things that we do. Yeah. And Which- I don't know that we have those answers yet. Yeah. Like, I think that there are philosophers that have spent, like, you know, their, their lives writing about it, but,
5: mm-hmm.
1: and I think existential psychologists are trying to take those questions and then use the science of psychology to answer them, but girl, we got, we got, like, a, a lot of road to hoe there. Yeah. Like, we a long, long way <laughs> oh, to
3: hoe. also like <laughs> I, very well put. I like yeah. that. There is so much, because there's also so many things that counter it, and, like, yeah. in the same sense. Like, and it's hard to argue that when it's, like, it can be polar opposites.
0: Well, and there's still this stigma, too, about mental illness, and and, and out there in general, and, I know that this isn't necessarily tied to mental illness in itself, this existential mm-hmm. psychology. But people usually come to me so because they haven't reached their existential self, like they yeah, haven't been able so to Yeah. So there that.
1: is an amazing researcher in I think Sydney, Australia. Her name is Dr. Rachel Menzies, and she's one of the first that I know of clinical psychologists that is trying to look at these different mental illnesses through an existential lens. Yes. Like it's not just you know some traumatic experience or your genetics or whatever you know neurotransmitters are being spread out it's like can we address your phobia by helping you better alleviate your death anxiety because if you think about like mental illness like like ocd what are the what's the thing that they're most afraid of they don't they want to flip that light switch because they're afraid if they don't, something bad will happen right phobias they're afraid of dying from you know a spider or a plane, or yeah. like different things if you trace back to like you're anxious because you think the worst case scenario can happen, that's usually like death, so if yeah. we can kind of help you like maybe mitigate some of that death anxiety, which I don't think anyone could ever not have it like I don't think anyone is ever really. And this this is a this is a big debate I think. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone is ever like ready for death like yeah. I think
3: it's just I think people think they are I right, think it's so, just sometimes yeah, you yeah, don't have a yeah. choice I mean, we're gonna, yeah. gonna deal with it regardless
1: like you you might right, not want yeah. it but you're like okay well this is I feel, happening now
3: so. I, I feel you're right because I feel like you can accept it but that doesn't mean you're okay
0: with it
2: mm-hmm. yeah. well that's <laughs> why people
0: find comfort in religion yeah that's why you know and, and groups
1: of people we just seek out groups of yeah they know
2: they're gonna die but they don't want to die alone
1: yeah that's the thing though is like we all die alone like when you're dying like that's so yeah that's that's so sad and like also kind of metal but yeah we all (laughs) all (laughs) yeah Yeah. so we do though we do yeah it's
0: not like we die at the exact same time as somebody else yeah Mm -hmm. but we also don't know that yeah i mean yeah yeah that's the other thing is yeah we have (laughs) no (laughs) idea this is qualitative fucking shit that people have to (laughs) look (laughs) to (laughs) see to Try to find connection. Yeah, and there could be no fucking connection. Who knows? But right t- to find pat, we as humans we seek pattern. Mm-hmm. So if we can find a pattern, if we can find a connection between this and that, it's like gives us some sense of like connection, like mm-hmm. this existential connection, but validation at the same time, and then we feel yeah. like we're essentially normal <laughs> or bless neurodiverse, blessed bless bless child. <laughs>
1: you. Yeah. Holy crap. That's also stuff. crazy because like normal is just like the majority, right? Yeah. So it. Yeah. As soon as like the abnormal crossover and that becomes the majority, then that's normal. Yeah. So. Right. Right. <laughs> it depends. Yeah. Because yeah, no normal. Mm-mm. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 That's I. That's why I try to use the word uh, neurotypical. Ooh. What is even that? Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, at this point. Yeah, at this point, what is, what? At this point, what is neurotypical? That is a really good Right. Point. The,
1: the what is even Yeah, that. I think at this point, neurotypical, so neurotypical from the yeah. people I know is like, we're all a mess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're yeah. all I'm just <laughs> trying our best. That's yeah. really what I tell my clients. I'm like, bro, they were like,
0: like, like they say for me, like, how do you do this? Like, how do you just get through life? And it's like, I don't sometimes, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like I am fucking, I, I, I express to my clients, I'm keeping my head above water just like everybody else. And we're in it together. Like we yeah. work on this together and I'm here to support you and love you and care for yeah. you. Mm. Um, and I think that sense of the existential connection. Yeah. And that's, that's
3: what's so cool about validation. it. Cause like you said, said earlier, we all possess that ability once given the tools and resources.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like. Of course, as long as you know there's not significant like developmental right. barriers. Right. Or there's a mm-hmm. lot of other things that can go into play there.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh man.
2: So how long will it take you to get your PhD?
1: Five years. Five years. Yeah.
2: you will be thirty-five when you I'll get I'll be
1: thirty-five a, when
2: you're done with school. Yeah. Yeah, well, will you ever yeah, be done with school? I don't
1: though? think I will ever be done with school. So what's the end game? Um, like, what's, okay. what's? That's a great question because, like, if I look back on where I was five years ago, I'm nothing like I was. Like, I'm a totally different person. Um, so I imagine that could happen. Um, I would like to teach. I like teaching. Um, I like working with prisoners, but um, I'm pretty open-minded, and I'm happy to just you know, go with whatever I'm, like, curious with. I imagine I'll always be in academia in one way or another just because I like school. I like people who are curious and want to learn, and I'm never going to stop, like, reading books or anything. So Mm -hmm. I'm never going to know everything. Yeah.
0: like
3: This is why you and Chelsea are, like, peas in a pod. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like, especially both of you guys, I feel like these job paths there isn't an end game, so to speak. Like, you guys are in positions where it's always learning, always researching, always yeah. developing. Yeah. Well, the end game is just the literally, you know, sure, you have, like, short-term goals and things that you will achieve, but at the end of the day, it's wherever this path is going to like take. It's right. like, in, in my field, and your field, we, there
2: is a there is an set end path. There is a, yeah. end game. there is a top <laughs> point where <laughs> I can
0: it's get... It's just so we can yeah <laughs> answers and feel better. <laughs> like... Not feel better about ourselves. What am I trying to say? Yeah, so we're like,
1: soothing our own death <laughs> anxiety, <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, but I mean, if yeah. you think about it, like, like doctors, what what is their end game? They're never right. gonna like exactly. beat death. They're just gonna try their best to help people until they can't help people anymore. Right, and yeah.
3: that's like you guys. Yeah, yeah. You're doctors of the brain. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Wow. crazy yeah
3: cool uh, yeah. So what do you think about because you've always talked about going back and getting your PhD have mm-hmm. you given more thought have you thought about it
0: so if I if I go back for my PhD it wouldn't it probably wouldn't be in clinical mental health counseling I would probably go for a PhD in something totally ast- out there okay. as backwards different like maybe existential philosophy. psychology <laughs> yeah <laughs> for, or philosophy like yeah. why would not get a PhD a in philosophy Huh? You can I really be a professor. Yeah. So I mean
1: I technically awesome
3: how much you love philosophy too, because yes, I love philosophy. Yes.
1: I think everyone does and maybe some people just don't they just don't know it yet. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well we it, there's, there's
0: just so many different kinds of I used of to out one
3: there. of my favorite things when I was in college, I would just read um I'm not even a big reader. Um Books are hard. My comprehension, um, because I do have ADHD, comprehension is really hard. I generally, when I would read a book, sometimes had to read it twice. Mm -hmm. Like, it was absolutely insane. But um, when something really interests me, probably because of the ADHD, um, I dive right in and Mm -hmm. comprehension is very well. But um, I would always read, like, inserts and articles and stories from ancient philosophers. Mm -hmm. Like That was my favorite thing. Like, Plato's the cave and, like, all that stuff. That stuff just... Because it relates so much to well, yeah. even still now. Yeah, yeah.
1: that's an a it's excellent just like, point. And it's mm-hmm. just
3: so crazy that even back then, like they knew what was going on.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I know. In, in Hiram, I whenever I had an extra class to take, and I didn't have any more requirements to mm-hmm. I would fill it in with a philosophy class.
1: I probably took five or six philosophy classes. Right, right. I I took this one class. It was, to date, the hardest class I've ever taken. It was called How We Die with um, Dr. Michael Blackie. I don't well, know if you knew Blackie. No, but I, I took he Pushing was, Up Daisies with... Um, he was an absurd, absurd <laughs> um, professor. Mm. And I remember the first day of class, he was like, half of you are going to drop out of this class. This is the dropout date, and I'm not telling you that because it's academically difficult. It is emotionally difficult. Yes. And we would play games like games, where he would like give us note cards, right? So imagine you have note cards in front of you, and Imagine in one row of the note cards are four people, the four most important people in your life that make your life worth living, like your four people, mm-hmm. okay? And then another four of them are your four hobbies that make your life worth living, like the thing that you wake up in the morning and that's what why you live, okay? And then you have your four senses, so, well, there you, you have more senses, but we're going to tie together, smell, and taste together. And then you have, like, sight, hearing, and your ability to feel, and then you have four more note cards. Let's say one of them is your ability to communicate. One of them is your ability to take care of yourself, like to feed yourself or clean yourself. And I don't remember what the other two were. Maybe one of them was like your memory mm-hmm. um, and and something else. And so you have these 16 note cards in front of you. And he would walk around and and he would say, When your life is no longer worth living, I want you to stand up. And he would walk up to people and just start plucking these off of your table. And for some people, he would take, like, all of their people. And for some people, he would take, you know, your ability to, you know, talk to anyone. Or your ability for people to, like, think that you're you know, not brain damaged, and he would just, he would go up to some people and be like, take five of those cards away, or he would go up to someone and, like, wipe everything up, and you're sitting there, like, a freshman in college contemplating, like, when is my life, what is the tipping point of my life, when Mm -hmm. is it not worth going on anymore, and like, we would do that every day, and I would go back to my dorm and just be like damn (laughs) (laughs) how the fuck
0: do i process that and i remember
1: i had to write an essay and part of the essay was like how do you like the class so far what have you learned you know what are the lessons you know what are basically like have an existential crisis and please keep it between five and six pages and like (laughs) you know what i mean and i remember i wrote mine and i was like this class is terrible i do nothing but cry like it was the first essay that i wrote as like fuck you, I yeah, I don't I know, know if you. I can say that Oh works. I don't know, and I wrote this whole essay about how it was like ruining my life and I was having an existential crisis, I didn't know it was an existential crisis at the time, I remember getting it, I turned it in and I was like that's an F. am failing this class, I've never failed a class, but I'm gonna fail this class and I got it back and I had an A yeah, and it was nice. like, excellently cited, good points, and I was like what on earth, and to this day I want to find him and be like I am where I am today because of because you. You <laughs> broke yeah. me down. Yeah, you broke yeah. me you down. You broke me down, yeah. down to I
3: my re- core being. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, we did stuff like that all the time, where you would read. That's like, actually
2: pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, it's. I would You're love doing
2: this, and it took me a picture book to understand Dante's Inferno.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? If that's what it takes, though, like, right? I'm I'm a, I'm a visual learner. Wrong with that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly. why I gravitate
2: towards like single player video games and the storylines. There and are some else really
1: and... good video games that you know bring up all of these things Deep too. Stuff, right? yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, that's the other thing people don't realize too, like. That's why, man. I wish, like, that's why. Uh, this is kind of a broad statement, but like, I like a lot of charter schools because they tend to implement different programs and different things oh, that yeah. cater to different like types weird of weird things. Yes. Yeah, and I like that because I feel so many people just giving test books or having to read.
1: Right, right. It's
3: it's only like so narrow pathway right. to learn, and it's like I, you know. But I mean, teachers can only do so much. I mean, they mm-hmm. already have it very, mm-hmm. very hard. <laughs> well, amazing the brain
0: (laughs) 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 the brain I'm trying to find a book there's a couple of books out there that I want to share with you guys Um, one of them is the body keeps the score I haven't I haven't read it myself and I, I plan to but um, one of the best books, because a lot of um, people that I've communicated with, colleagues and stuff, we talk about this this book. And people that I, that I, beyond colleagues, friends, too, have told me that it's a lot of what they think I do. The Body Keeps the Score is essentially about this fight or flight mode that we go into. Um, and trauma is never forgotten. Even if you don't remember it, your body holds on to that. Mm-hmm. So and you don't necessarily know why you yeah, get it's anxious. It's
3: instinctual. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, that's yeah. our that's our fight or flight. Because yeah. if we didn't have that then we wouldn't know how to survive. We wouldn't we would never do anything to survive.
1: Right. I think people forget that like our brains were not designed to keep us happy. Our no. brains were designed to keep us alive. Yes. To keep Facts. us living. Mm-hmm. So it's like When you have these, like, negative reactions to trauma, it's your brain trying to keep you alive. It's not your brain trying to, like, do its best to make you, you know, having a cash money time. Like, it's just, like, we don't want to cease to exist, which is not always the best, like... For people, I don't think. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> Like I have mad anxiety. I'm like I don't need this right now. <laughs> right, right. Well
0: and the and the thing is too is a lot of people don't have the capabilities to actually have this meaningful conversation right mm-hmm. now and gain anything from it. That lack of awareness and insight is just not there. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious as to how we could get somebody to shift their ability to be able to have insight. Is that possible? oh like
1: mindfulness
0: yeah i think so well as far well mindfulness but we also have to be able to look inward and see all of the things that are going on internally for us and that's what i do i teach people skills and how to regulate themselves and where their where their emotions are coming from but if you lack the insight like the ability to have insight what is like can we change that hmm Cause I that's, a great, I yeah, that's a know. great question. I don't know. Because that's one of the things I feel like I struggle with. Some people that have severe mental illness, like, they don't, they probably, most of them, and I can't say most, there's a high likelihood that they won't actually get the ability to have insight because they're so, they're just.
4: As in they s- don't realize it?
0: Sometimes they do. But I've worked with severe mental ill, so I had this client. He thought he was Jesus. He was very delusional. Wow. Um, schizophrenia. And he was on, like, a cocktail of medication. And this guy went through so much fucking trauma. Beyond anything that I've ever seen. His wife died from brain cancer. They had they had only been married a short while. Aww. Um He was in his 20s. And then, because he was vulnerable, people that um, get hurt, kind of like what happened to your mom a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, they people who are vulnerable in the headspace of not being able to realize how things are actually impacting other people that he he ended up t- taking um s- somebody ended up wiping his bank account from all his like
5: oh yeah Jesus. like he
0: just experienced one thing after another and then his family kind of abandoned him like nobody his brother lived in New York his sister lived in Columbus like they were just and I don't even know where his parents lived. I think they were also in southern Ohio. But they just totally abandoned him, and this guy was living in the fucking slums of Cleveland, like the urban parts of Cleveland, and he had no self awareness. Yeah. And I mean, that's how he presented to me. Like, I don't know if I could ever ask him, like, "Do you realize, like, what you're what you're doing is mental illness? Like, as far as delusional, like, you're delusional." I couldn't tell him that he wasn't Jesus or that he wasn't this thing. Oh yeah. He couldn't see that. Whoa. He
1: didn't understand that.
0: Those are existential crises. Yeah, well, that's that kind of going wild. into. Well, yeah, it's
1: it's. I think like, I'm very lucky because I don't have to understand what that's like. Like this, I mean, could be a delusion, right? You guys might not exist, and I might just be like in
5: a you know <laughs> a room a somewhere
1: with a you know straight jacket on, pretending I'm on a podcast, mm-hmm. but. I'm lucky that i I don't think that's happening, but like even people with like Alzheimer's and you like you can't explain to them really that you know yes that it's not you know twenty years ago and you're not in high school because yeah. their brain is a an organ just like any other organ mm-hmm. that is failing because mm-hmm. we're we are not perfect machines, we yeah. are made of organic matter, right. like you can just try your best, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair.
0: I can't I can't think of the other yeah, name, the other book. Yeah, that's really sad, though. It is really sad. Yeah. I couldn't imagine living in a world where I didn't know. Because, like, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I am capable. Don't, I mean,
1: aren't you in that world right now, though? Like, do you know? Well, as far as...
0: Oh. <laughs> 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 Whoa. Whoa. Um, Whoa. I, as far, like... Capability, like I have the ability to be self-aware. Yeah, I'm able to emotionally regulate. When I'm paranoid about something, I am able to literally um, challenge that thought. Or That's challenge, good. Challenge, yeah. But not everybody can do that. Right. Right. Every some people just do not have the capabilities of encha- of challenging those intrusive thoughts. Yeah. And that literally kills them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Hmm. That that kills them. They get so sick medication doesn't even do anything and 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 so yeah i i feel like i do because i have the ability to conceptualize and say that out loud yeah right but other people don't they don't even they wouldn't even like they're gonna listen to this podcast and turn it off because they're not gonna know what to even
1: should we does someone have an uplifting story like real quick to like throw uh, <laughs> Why? So yeah, like a joke a <laughs> no, just, just
4: to be I don't know just a like, a good joke I got yeah. a joke I got a blonde joke okay. <laughs> I got a blonde, <laughs> that's blonde joke that's not too bad <laughs> it's not too bad two blondes live in a house the one goes out for a ride starts raining real bad Hailing. dents the car up all bad goes back home goes to the roommate says hey car's all dented up you know do you know anybody at home yeah she's like yeah gives them a number she goes down to the shop, goes to talk to the guy, guys like, hey, you know, I'm too busy right now, I can't help you out. But if you go home and blow in the tailpipe, all your dents pop right out. So she's alright, cool, no problem. <laughs> goes home, she's blowing the tailpipe, blowing oh. the tailpipe, nothing's going on. <laughs> and the roommate comes out and goes, What are you doing? She said, You know, your friend said if I blow in this tailpipe, all the dents will pop out. Her roommate looks at her, she goes, Dumbass, your windows are open.
5: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh my god oh, yeah.
4: boom
5: <laughs> All right,
0: that was that good. that's my and, and that's one good one that no i no offense to blods out there no, 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 or no. Just... it could be anybody honestly yeah.
2: i've met some pretty dumb people You yeah. yeah. the people right, that yeah. send their kids into like the auto zone with blinker fluid, fluid. yeah my, my coupons. grandfather did that a lot yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man.
1: But oh, seamless. Mm. Well,
2: we wish you the best of luck here. Oh, thank, you. thank you. Thank yes. you so much
1: for having me. Like, we yeah. Having yeah. You. Thank you for coming. Yeah, that was an
3: amazing
2: talk. Yeah. yeah no, so,
1: where in Arizona are you? You don't have to give like a specific like. ooh, I don't Specifics. know where I'm living, so I couldn't oh, okay. give you that information. But Tucson. Okay, okay. so the middle there. of the desert. Oh, nice. Yeah. I mean,
2: Arizona yeah. is a desert. Yeah, it's going it, to be There are mountains
1: yeah. that you can like mm-hmm. go up into and ski. Apparently, yeah. That's
4: awesome. You'll have yeah. some nice golf courses out there. Fuck yeah. You have to pick up I, golf. I'm
1: not golfing in 110 <laughs> degrees. <laughs> no, like, it's you not in February? Happening. February? Like, yeah. have you been out out there? there? I've not been there yet. No. Oh, so it's you'll beautiful. be very
3: surprised about the weather, because on me personally, granted, I like hot weather. When it's 110 degrees in Arizona, I love it. It's I not the heat; it's, it's the humidity. humidity. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's a very but dry heat. Yeah. 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 So literally, everyone says yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a sure dry heat. heat. I'm like, yeah. Yeah.
0: okay, I'm gonna right. call you. You'll be able to rock on. climb though, girl. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Right yeah. You rock there. climb? Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was a rock, rock climbing instructor for a
1: small while. Really? I've had a bunch of just weird jobs. I'm very lucky. Yeah,
3: the painted desert out there—you gotta go see it. Yeah. Come visit. Um, oh, just yeah. throw it out there. Whoever oh, i Whoever wants will. to visit me, <laughs> okay. like oh, yeah. seriously, yeah. I'm gonna
1: be very lonely. Oh, yes. we're gonna go out west to see you. This, yeah, awesome. do it, <laughs> do it. Yeah, I'm not that far from Vegas either, so. Nice. Oh yeah. Fam yeah. <laughs> <laughs> B- yeah. jam, fam B- B- jam, guys. We'll, we'll be we'll there. in Arizona. Heck yeah. How That'll far be... is
2: Scottsdale Heck from yeah. Tucson?
1: That's a great question. I'm an hour south of Phoenix. Does that mean
0: anything to you? <laughs> I think we're. What's a in Scottsdale? I think it's I a love wild. Arizona. I think, it's uh, Arizona. Uh, I think, I think the, the golf room
2: so I want go to go-to. <laughs> <laughs> <There's, laughs> oh, so, the waste oh, management yeah. open. It's 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 like they're famous for the stadium golf. Okay. Hole sixteen. Now you think of golf, wide open. Yeah, there's bleachers and stuff on some of the holes, but this one it's a par three, so it's a short hole, but it's inside of a stadium. Oh. So you can sit and you can watch everyone come through, and as you play and like. When someone actually gets a hole in one, it
3: goes nuts. People chose. Yeah. Not cool. it louder. Cool. It yeah. It's, it's, the, loudest whole, it's yeah. Yeah. the loudest hole in golf. Yeah. Oh,
1: that's great. I love that.
3: How many people does Who, it who's fit? Wait, 20 is is <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's that much. I can't remember the number, but it's a lot of people on one golf hole. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, it's that's an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, an 40 minutes. yeah. yeah. that's doable. Absolutely doable. Yeah. Dude, dude. Dude, I'm down. Yeah, I'm down. I, we'll plan something, girl. Yeah, your be families fun. out there, Joe. I got some family out there. Yeah. yeah, we went out in 2016. Him and I. We went to the uh, Grand
3: Canyon and
0: uh, went camping for a couple of days, and then spent some time with my uncle, who's my mom's brother, um, and then my cousin Jesse, who I've okay, just been cool. really super close with for a really long time. Nice. And I tell you like, what, that's still so one like, of so my favorite states. And I'll be out there. So like, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. it will be fun. Oh yeah. Um. But I do want to say thank you so much for having me. Yes. Like, this was so fun. Um, I just want to give a shout out to one of my former lab mates, Madwa Galgali, who's giving his doctorate now. I, like, definitely wouldn't be where I am today without him and, like, my advisors. So. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, girl. I feel that. Go you. Yeah. For real. yeah. Go yeah. you. Yeah. Yes. So proud and so happy
0: for you that you're doing exactly almost what you want. You'll reach self-actualization. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You'll still fucking color your hair every now and again, but you're
1: gonna get there, girl. You'll yeah. be good. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> You'll be good. Oh, is yeah.
2: there is there anything you want to plug? Like, do you have a social that you care to share? I or really
1: you... don't use social media. Uh, I have a Twitter. But I haven't posted on it in a long time. Mm -hmm. So, I guess, no. I'll just, if I ever go on another podcast, I'll plug this podcast. (laughs) 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 I don't know. One day, one day. Right, right.
0: Cool.
2: Well, uh, yeah, guys, that was very interesting. Thank you Mm -hmm. very much. Thanks. And uh, you can follow our socials. Um, Instagram's probably the most popular. We've been enjoying Instagram. hmm Um, that is at Pancakes on Sunday morning at Instagram. And we have Pancakes on Sunday podcast on Facebook. And email us. If you have any questions, topics, even, I mean, anything, anything, anything.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> except, anything. except politics and religion. Yeah, we yeah. don't want to get too deep. Yeah, anything no, except yeah. for that. Yeah. <laughs> not going not to find in there,
3: why not?
2: Raise these phil- philosophical questions and all that stuff. We'll mm-hmm. answer that. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Chelsea
3: should do a TED talk. Yeah.
1: yeah. So that is my ultimate. That will be self access. Are you? Like, that's serious? my ultimate goal. Because yeah, she yeah, talks about TED that talk. all the time. Yes. Well. My, yeah. I want to do a TED talk
0: about talking about se- talking to our children about having sex and consent. Cause literally oh. nobody fucking knows that because we have porn and porn they never ask for sex right. so or w- consent. One
1: of my like big icebreaker questions, like when I meet new people and you have that awkward you know state, is uh-huh. I tell people if you had thirty minutes right now to give a TED talk on just one random thing, mm-hmm. like what would you give a TED talk on right now? Like what is your passion? Yes. Like you know fixation right now that you could talk mm-hmm. about for thirty minutes and teach me something? Yeah, and then people you know go off on their passion. Yes. and i'm like
0: like yes, yes. Like, girl that's great i'll yeah. use that in therapy it's yeah. really awkward
3: and you're like finger, guns. finger guns finger guns that's <laughs> that's what i would like to plug
1: and that's my trade yeah. finger guns yeah
0: that's funny
2: uh well to go with your finger guns you should use the term smoothest soup, yes. smoothest. Smoothest. Smoothest soup? soup. yeah smoothest soup yeah
0: Okay. That's yeah. our, that's like our inside uh, okay. motto. Nice. Like pancakes on Sunday motto, smooth mm-hmm. as soup. Yep. Like smooth that's as just as kind as of soup. our. We were, okay, we were throwing okay. around
2: the podcast idea on a drunk fam jam and I walk out of the room just <laughs> smooth, smooth as soup. soup. <laughs> With the finger guns and everything. <laughs> 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 it, actually came, it actually came from Ryan.
3: We were at a Cats yeah. game. Right. Nice. And he was watching Kevin Love just draining threes. And Ryan meant to say smooth as silk, but it came out smooth oh, as soup. Yeah. And he said it and I'm like, what did you say? And I, he was like, Smooth as silk. And I'm like, that's
2: not what you, you doubled said. You double down. Right. <laughs> that was not what you said I, I knew what he said. But I wanted him to say it again. But Yeah, trademark. Good time. Yeah. Smooth, smooth yeah. Soup. yeah.
3: Oh. Not chunkies, only candy. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah. And we're gonna be um we're actually gonna be getting some merchandise for us in a couple of weeks. Yes, so t <gasps> shirts. Yeah, oh, I'm I wanna buy I, one? I guess I'm we'll
2: totally do it. And I'll, I had the idea, we'll throw it out there. If Guys from the audience, email us. The RSS feed that I use, I don't know if you guys are using VPNs and you're just bouncing off of stuff, but we have a hotspot in Kansas. We have a hot a lot of people that I listen to in Columbus and Cincinnati. I know there's people listening, and I know they're all over the country, and we have some worldwide. If you email us, and or direct message on Instagram, I'll take both. I can do both. We will send you a t-shirt. Yes. Ooh. We'll send you a t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Heck yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Email for us. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Send a pi- Yeah. Send a picture. We want to hear from you guys. We. we soup finger gun. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes.
2: Oh yes. yeah. So if you guys email us, a little promo, email us, and we will send you a t-shirt. Yeah. And we'll. So we'll see if we can get some topics, and if we. Are we? we might use
0: are we charging for those shirts? No. No. No.
2: Okay. No. 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 No, no. No. We're we're gonna mm-hmm. give, It's a giveaway. It's cool. a giveaway. Yeah. We're gonna okay. do a giveaway. Okay. Cool. We're doing t-shirts to promo ourselves because we're going to a couple concerts this summer. So we're mm-hmm. going to use a QR code to localize all of our stuff and our, our logo and try to get the word out and see what we can do. Mm-hmm. Hey, and, yeah. But the people out there that are already listening that we, we love you so much, but yes, you can win a free t-shirt and we'll cover shipping and everything else. We'll do it all. You Get a free T-shirt. All you gotta do is email or direct message on Instagram.
0: And this is unlimited time offer. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Do your fan Do your fan base have a name yet?
2: The fans. The
0: fans. The fans. fans. So we call consider ourselves fam. The fam. Like uh, me, Jordan, Emma, us four. Um, and is that that's that's pretty much it? Yeah. Nice. So yeah, and so we call ourselves the fam. And when we go out on excursions, we call them fam jams. So, we nice. said, you know, fans. They're
2: our fans, not okay. our fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty cool. So, yeah. I'll put a... I'll put a... That, you have to August 1st. No. I'll Yeah, August 1st. We'll yeah. do August 1st. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Email us. and We'll find someone on August 1st. We'll select a winner. Maybe there'll be more. Mm-hmm. Depending on how many shirts we get. So... Yep. Nice. we will love to hear from you. Thank you very much. Follow us on our socials. And... um. We'll talk to you guys. Thanks, man.
0: Thanks, guys. Appreciate you.